Hey man, it's me, Kevin Smith, the annoying voice of podcasting, and you're listening to the non-annoying Three Guys in a Flick. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. Good Good housekeeping. housekeeping. If you were a chick... Who's the one guy you'd sleep with? John Stamos. What? Do we just become best friends? Welcome back. You are listening to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, Step Brothers. Beware, spoilers. Coming to you from the fucking Catalina wine mixer, my name is Don. And to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. How you doing? And to my left, we have the professor, Ken. Good evening, everybody. How you guys doing tonight? My lawyer has stated that I don't need to answer that question. Why is that? I thought it was in international waters. No? No, not going to answer it. Okay. All right. Fair enough, bud. Fair enough. Like Kobayashi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? What about you? How you doing? Uh, all things being considered equal. Tonight we are going to talk about Step Brothers. Step Brothers comes to us from the Bronco Helmet and was submitted by Keenan. Uh, John, you pulled it out. Had you seen Step Brothers? Uh, yes, I have seen it probably two or three times. And I always just remember it as a fun watch if you just don't take it too seriously. But I do want to get some props for my first pick of the year came from the helmet. Uh, did that not shock you? Actually, yes, it does shock me. Kind of. Do you remember that? No. Him picking it? No. I, I always get accused of never picking from the helmet, and I picked one from the helmet. Thank you for picking from the Bronco helmet. Yeah, one and that. done. I don't have to do it again. Step Brothers, I know Keenan put it into the helmet because it's one of his favorite movies, and it's one of my favorite movies. It's kind of like our movie, and no matter where we are or what we're doing, at some point in a conversation, we will be able to work in a line or two from this film. Professor, had you seen this movie before? No, sir. Oh, so this was your first watch? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited to hear his thoughts on it. Uh, what did he give Talladega Nights? What did you give Talladega Nights? Three fucks. All right. Okay. Also, we're going to find out if it's better or worse. Yeah, I mean, that the bar is set, right? Yeah. I mean, that's okay. All right. Uh, over, under. Do you think it's better or worse for him? I'm going to say under. You think it's worse? It's, I think Talladega Nights set the bar higher, so it's going to go lower. Okay. All right. Uh, I think he's going to enjoy it more. Which came out first, Talladega Nights or Step Brothers? Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Okay. Yeah. Released on July 25th, 2008, Step Brothers was directed by Adam McKay, written by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, and it stars Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Richard Jenkins, Mary Steenburgen, Adam Scott, Catherine Hahn, and a bunch of other actors. How'd this movie do, Don? This movie was made for $65 million and brought in $128 million. When did it come out? It came out in the summer, right? Yeah. It was a big summer for 2008. The uh, the number one movie that summer, The Dark Knight. Number two was Iron Man. 
Number three, you have uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And then fourth, fifth, and sixth was Hancock, Wally, and Kung Fu Panda. These movies were in the theaters when Step Brothers was released. And you know how we always talk about years when movies come out? Mm-hmm. 2008 is now on that fucking list. Those were heavy hitters. Yes, they were. I remember the movies of 2008 very vividly. Great time to be going to the movies. And uh, the, uh, the the uh, top grossing comedy for 2008 came in at number 11, Sex in the City. But there were six other comedies besides that also that were that it was also competing against. It was uh, it fell behind Get Smart, Four Christmases, Juno, Tropic Thunder, Marley and Me, and it just inched out. You don't mess with the Zohan. Oh my God, the year keeps getting better and better. You don't mess with the Zohan. I can't believe it didn't do better than some of those movies. Yeah, it was number twenty five. But out of all those other comedies, you know, there's there's just a couple that are still uh, that still hold the uh, test of time. I think people still, uh, I think, in general, go for Sex in the City, and then the other one that I'm thinking of is Tropic Thunder. Oh sure. The other is it's like, well, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, and I mean, I'll go on the record saying it now. I think uh, Step Brothers is easily the funniest movie out of that year. So, but mm-hmm. what do I know? Mm-hmm. You know. I'm just some schmuck at the Catalina wine mixer. Did you know that Adam McKay originally wanted this movie to be a drama? Yeah. Yeah. That, I think, I don't think I would have gone and seen it. Um, I don't know. I might have just because I, if it was the same cast. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely works so much better as a comedy. And then one last little bit. It's opening weekend. It opened to The Dark Knight on its second week and Wally and Hancock. And then those movies stayed in the top ten on its second week in the in the off in the box office, third week in the box office, and then fourth week in the top ten. The Dark Knight was still there, and then after that, it was out of the top ten. So oh. it was it was a big summer. It was, yeah. a, you know, yeah, yeah. So Adam McKay directs this, and we know him from Talladega Nights, Anchorman, the other guys, The Big Short. He also did uh, Vice and Don't Look Up. Yeah, did you ever see Don't Look Up? No, never got around to it. It was pretty good. It's pretty good for an end of the world flick. He also did the screenplay for Ant Man. Yeah, yeah, he did. Judd Apatow is a producer. There's just a lot of comedic talent around this project from the get go. This also has uh, him teaming up with Will Ferrell during this time because you know those those other projects you know that I just mentioned you know they're Will Ferrell projects and he also helped write uh, Step Brothers as well. Yeah. Along with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Apparently, though, for at least the time being, he will no longer be making movies with Will Ferrell. Yeah, they had a falling out, which is too bad, but hey, they gave us Step Brothers. Yeah, apparently, I can't remember the name of the movie, but Will Ferrell wanted a part in a movie that Adam was working on, and he decided not to cast him. Did you hear who they cast instead of Will Ferrell? Uh, no, who was it? John C. Riley. No. So Will Ferrell was bitter and will no longer talk to Adam McKay. Yeah, well, that's part of it. So the other part of it was that uh, Adam decided that he wanted to uh, pull the their Will, him and Will. They had a company together, and he wanted to pull them apart. And so Will just burned. It was a burn bridge. The movies in the two thousands, they were quite the duo. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. For a while though, there was talk of doing a Step Brothers too, 
but pretty much Will Ferrell has ruled that out now. Which I'm both sad and happy about because I don't know if it would be better. And what we have, at least to me, is a classic. Mm-hmm. So you don't fuck with it. Let it let it be. You know, too many times movies come in and fuck it up by making a second one. And Will Ferrell, he was he was true to that as well for Elf, right? And you know, no, you should do it. No, and no, it's good the way it is. Yeah. And so God bless him because so many times you see projects, it's like, do we really need that? Yeah. I, I hear you there. Like a Lethal Weapon 2, a Lethal Weapon 3. A- Bite your tongue, sir. Matrix Reloaded, Resurrections. Bite your tongue. I love that. I love where that... Way to have my back there, guy. Nice. Screw you all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't say that. Uh, speaking of Will Ferrell, uh, we have done plenty of Will Ferrell movies on this podcast. Plenty? We, plenty. If you've, if you've seen one Will Ferrell movie, you've kind of seen them all. Okay, because I got to say, that that that's a true statement. Right. And so being that we all agree that he plays a man-child and everything, and he, we love him, uh, what's your favorite Will Ferrell movie? Elf. You know, I think I have to lean towards Elf as well. Okay. All right. Solid choice by both of you. For me, it's this. Talking about Will Ferrell, got to talk about the buddies Will Ferrell and John C. Riley having the two of them in a movie together again. I love John C. Riley. I think he's a fantastic character actor, and I think he can even drive a film. Did you I, ever see Walk Hard? I was just about to say the Dewey movie. Oh my God. It's classic. Yeah, I love that movie too. That. Yeah. Uh, listeners, Dewey Cox, Walk Hard. What about you, John C. Riley? What do you think? Uh, I really couldn't care less about him. Really? Yeah. The, the only places that, that I know him for, obviously, Talladega Nights. And then he was uh, part of the pit crew in Days of Thunder. Yeah. The two of them, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, have they done now three movies together? Five. Five movies. What are the five? I know Talladega Nights, we have Step Brothers, and they did a Sherlock Holmes movie together. Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson. What are the other two? Uh, Eric and Tim's Billion Dollar Movie, and John C. Riley was in Anchorman 2. Okay. So Will Ferrell, he had his, he had his big... Uh, American splash, if you will, courtesy of Saturday Night Live. He did that from 95 to, to 2002. And then uh, right before he left Saturday Night Live, he did Zoolander. And I feel like that that started him on this crazy drag race of a movie career where he just, you know, one after the other. You have Zoolander, Elf, Anchorman, Wedding Crashers, Talladega Nights, Stranger Than Fiction, Blades of Glory. And the other guys. And that's just 2001 through 2010. And a lot of those movies I find hilarious. What about Richard Jenkins? Now, I know I've seen him in a few things. What has he, other things has he been in? We reviewed one of them during Halloween. I'm going to let you think on that. I I don't know. I don't know him from anything. Cabin in the Woods. Him and Whitford, Bradley Whitford. Yes. Uh, Mary Steenburgen, I thought she did a great job uh, reprising uh, a parent figure to Will Ferrell. She's oh. also his mom from Elf. His stepmom in Elf as well. So yeah. she's played as, it's funny that she's played his stepmom twice and she's only 13 years older than Will Ferrell. They play it well. Yeah. I think she's wonderful. I think she, she acts amazing. She does a great job. Um, I think this movie was perfectly cast. So, but that's just my own. My own opinion. Adam yeah. Scott, big fan of him. Or? Oh, I love Adam Scott. He from was in Parks the, and Rec to uh, anything he does. 
Did he play a good dick in this movie? Oh, he was fantastic. Such a prick. Such a prick. What did you think of Adam Scott? I don't know him from anything else. Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Nope. I was never a fan of that show, but Julie always has it on, so I've seen him in that a few times. Uh, quite possibly in my top four best TV shows of all time. Above or below Office? Above. Above. Wow, Julie would probably put Office above. Yeah, well, most people would, I think. Catherine Hahn. Where do we know her from? Was she on Saturday Night Live? Nope. Gosh. No idea. Yeah, figured as much. She was in a few episodes of Park and Rec. I know that. Yes, yes, she was. But she is also Agatha. You're right. I know. (laughs) From the Scarlet Witch series, and she's going to have her own series soon. Yeah, so she's kind of made an impression. I thought she was hilarious as Alice. Guess what time it is, boys? Time for me to figure out what that burning sensation is. Welcome to another edition of Master Movie Trivia. I am your reigning champ. You may call me the champ. I have compiled five questions and five questions only to test your knowledge on the movie we are reviewing. Each question could be worth multiple points, so if you know the answer, say it. And please wait until I finish each question. Question number one. What does Dale tell Brennan he has to call him when they first meet, and what is Brendan's response? Dragon. Skyhawk? Nighthawk. Nighthawk. Well done, Professor. Two points. What is the name of the band at the Catalina Wine Mixer? Uptown Girl. Well done. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. What did Brendan have to lick in order for the assault from the little shits to cease? White, White poop. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's a tie. I, I, I was going to give you guys both a tie. Yep. Question number four. Many of the actors have appeared in an MCU property. For a point each, name any of them. Well, Agatha, we've already discussed. That's one. Mary Steenburgen. Nope. She was in Agatha. No. Catherine Hahn. Oh, Catherine Hahn. I don't know if I should give you the point. I'll think about it. Okay. John C. Riley was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Well done. Mm-hmm. So you got two. What was Adam Scott in? I feel like he was in something. But he was not. Time is up. It's Ken Jong. Oh. oh. I, I was looking at the main cast. F- from Endgame. He's the security guard that lets Ant-Man out of the the cage. Uh, Here is a bonus question. Adam McKay has a screenplay for what Marvel hero? Ant-Man. Ant-Man it is. And question number five. Name the song Derek and his family are singing when we first meet them. Bohemian Rhapsody. Wrong. I don't know. Sweet child of mine. All right, after the points, John, you have the most. Congratulations, you are one step closer to movie trivia immortality. (music) 39-year-old Brendan Huff and 40-year-old Dale Doback are immature adults still living at home. Brendan lives with his divorced mother, Nancy, and Dale lives with his widowed father, Robert. Robert and Nancy meet, fall in love, and marry, forcing Brennan and Dale to live together as stepbrothers. Brennan and Dale initially despise each other, and after Brennan defies Dale and touches Dale's drum set, once with his testicles, a fight erupts between them. They are grounded with no television for a week and ordered to find jobs within a month or be evicted. What did you think of that uh, intro 
from uh, former President George Bush. I, it didn't make any sense to me. What, what, what is the quote, Professor? The quote reads, Families is where our nation finds hope, where wings take dream. And the second part specifically, where wings take dream, doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay, so it's not just me. Well, no. it's supposed to be where dreams take flight. Yes, that's correct. But he said wings takes dreams. Right. Or dreams take wings. I don't know. Something like that. Right. So I, I guess they just threw it in there because it's an actual quote that's stupid. From the president of the United States at the time. And it's for this for this stupid movie. <laughs> this absurd movie. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Can't we, I, can't, can we refer to this as an absurd movie? This is one of our absurd categories. Um, I wouldn't call this absurd. Airplane is absurd. I would call this cinematic gold i kind of felt if i had to pick a category for this one slapstick Uh, maybe yeah maybe slapstick comedy kind of i mean i think a slapstick comedy is more physical but there was a lot of physicality in this and not so much of a plot you look at something like top secret or hot shots Mm -hmm. that slapstick yeah yeah uh borderline parody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, so we open up meeting our characters, and this is just kind of a quick glimpse of the day in the life, right? Well, we start with the parents, don't we? No. No. We, oh. st- we start with Brennan and Dale. We get one minute, and after one minute, we know who Brennan and Dale are. Easily, right? Yes. They're they're both man children. Yeah. The second minute is we meet Nancy and Robert, and they're uh, instantly attracted to each other. In the third minute, we are at the wedding reception, and... Both boys storm off in a huff. This wedding is horseshit. Yeah. That's the first three minutes of the movie. I just like the uh, the father's speech during that medical thing of, I just want to bury my face on those boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who hasn't said that at a I, conference? My mind has wandered too every so often. Yes, I, I, I hear didn't, what you're saying. Didn't you I, do that at our panel at Emerald City Comic Con? I might have, but you know it was all kind of a blur to me. Okay. So... There you go. And you're right. We're still in the credit sequence. And we've already been giving a complete backstory. And I appreciate that because I'll say it right now. I think this movie is very well paced. Whether it's a good movie or not, or you liked it or whatever, the hour and 37 minutes to me kind of just flies by. And so I got my backstory. I know what's happening. And now they get to meet. And I do enjoy how they have that. You know, you have left frame, you have Will Ferrell, right frame, you have John C. Riley, and you have the word stepbrothers between the two of them. Yes. And the car ride between Brennan and his mom had me rolling. I'm not going to call him dad. Ever. Even if there's a fire. I mean, he's such a such a man child. And Will Ferrell pulls it off uh, flawlessly, I, I think. I kept thinking with the both of them, you could have actually taken real 13-year-olds, put them in the movie, and it would have been the same movie. Oh, probably. But probably not as funny. Yeah. Uh, and then John C. Riley is telling his dad, you know, what if she comes on to me? And just the things he says, it's just so good. I want to know. I know there was a lot of it, but I, I would love to know the parts that they just made up on the go, that uh, they improvised. There was a lot of improvisation on this uh, set. There's a gag reel and a making of on the YouTube, so if you want, check that out. But, yeah, a lot of it was just made up, and that gag reel is them riffing mm-hmm. over and over again. And it's Has, had to be. Oh, so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that some of the scenes that they filmed – you know, it was a quick scene, but it took them like two hours to film it because of them riffing. And so they meet. We have our credits. And 
I love the bit where uh, Nancy gets out and she says hi to Dale and he says, can you make me a grilled cheese sandwich? And uh, the dad's like, no, he's just trying to test the limits. And uh, Dale's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Do you catch what Richard Jenkins says? Look in your right hand. And he's holding a muffin. <laughs> I just, it tickles me. I love how uh, Brendan won't get out of the car. So funny. And then we have our first dinner together. Awkward. You, awkward. A little bit. Uh, what'd you guys think of this? I loved how Will Ferrell's character was just staring at Dale. Don't you take a picture? It lasts longer. They go around talking about, you know, what they do. And Nancy's asking Dale, what do you do? And he's like, yeah, I'm a, I manage a baseball team. <laughs> she's like, oh, like Little League? And he's like, no, fantasy. <laughs> that, that's where Julie, when she's watching it with me, she giggled at that scene. And now Brennan gets a tour of the house. Well, did you notice that during the dinner, what they were eating? Chicken nuggets. They both had those little dinosaur type chicken nuggets that they, you know, little kids would eat. Who doesn't like chicken nuggets? So Dale takes him upstairs. He starts telling him about the house. And you know he's just making all this shit up. You know they're just riffing. And it's funny as shit. Uh, and then we see his drums. Well, you, that's Dale's office. Right. His beat laboratory. Mm-hmm. So you know that's coming back. Because loved, you get that ominous choir song. I loved looking in the room. Because this time I tried to pay more attention to some of the things in the background. And did you notice that how he had that sound absorption stuff up on the walls but it was only partially put up yeah it was unfinished Mm -hmm. yeah so i just love those little things to show that they don't complete anything quick question for you i don't know if it was in an extended version or the commentary but it is revealed at one point in some other version how both parents died like how the mother died and how the father died do you know what happened to them no i never knew that existed yes dale's mother apparently burned to death in a hot air balloon Brennan's dad was an ex-banker who had been killed in an incident involving a bag of cocaine and a gun at the airport. Well, that tracks, I suppose. The next scene we have is Robert and Nancy. They are sharing why their kids are still at home. This is where we get the reveal about (laughs) how these guys are such misfits. Right. And this is where we talk about Brendan having a mangina. And I like when Nancy asks Robert, uh, why is Dale still here? And he says, well, he said he was always going to get into the family business. And she says, but you're a medical doctor. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't quite understand that. No, no. And he, yeah, it's just so good. And then we cut to the boys lying in bed together and they gradually start expressing their unbridled hate for each other what do you think of this crosstalk i loved it it makes me laugh every single time i watch it uh there are bits in this movie that i will laugh no matter what and this is one of them i love the soap in the pillow case bit i love when he's all curly-headed fuck well you quote one of the things all the time when you say don't you say that yeah (laughs) dale's telling him why they let brendan and his mom in it's it's just so funny and then uh, we get a little montage of the boys pranking each other. Which I had a lot of fun with. They put a really good song to this. It's from Q-Tip, um, Tribe Call Quest. And it's just really upbeat and fun. And I love the pranks that they're doing. Uh, who's wearing the shirt that says, I love crystal meth? Is that Will Ferrell? I think Will Ferrell, doesn't he write it on he does that Dale's to, shirt? To Dale's yeah. shirt. Oh, wait. And Dale's the one that's wearing it. No, I think no. it's the other way around. It's the, the other yeah, way? it's the yeah. other way. Yeah. Because the counteract is Dale getting made up like a zombie or with his uh, throat slash. And okay. He's walking down the hall. And his forehead. Yeah. He's, he's walking down the mall. 
That, that's so good. We eventually get to the point where uh, Brennan decides to go after the drum set. This is probably one of my favorite scenes. John C. Riley comes home and he looks at Will Ferrell and he goes, uh, why are you so sweaty? Been watching cops. <laughs> and then he goes upstairs and we get that tune. That choir. And he uh, and he cocks his head and he, he like the sniffs. Song, and, the song from every horror movie, I think. Exactly. And then he comes downstairs. He goes, uh, I'm just curious. Did you touch my drum set? Well, he also noticed the little chip out of his his drumstick. That's right. Then he calls him a liar, right? You're and a filthy liar. And because and, I know the cops doesn't start till four. You know, swear on your mom's life. Or uh, I don't got to swear to shit. I want to hear your dirty little mouth say it. <laughs> and then uh, uh, then Brendan takes off upstairs. He goes, "Where are you going?" And he goes, "I'm going to teabag your drum set." And sure as shit, he does. Outrageous humor. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. What did you think of the fight scene? A uh, classic. I love that they cut to the hospital and Robert's talking to another doctor. And then as soon as he gets the phone, you can hear Mary Steenburgen and he's screaming into the receiver. And then we cut back and when they clock each other. And the neighborhood is now gathered around and the fight's still going on. Yeah. Well, I love that she's trying to hose him down. With the hose, yeah. Yeah, trying to cool him down. And one of them has a bicycle. What does the other one have on his hands? Dale has a baseball bat and Brennan has a golf club. Right. Uh, But before that, there was a bicycle involved. And they knock each other out and Nancy's like, what the fucking fuck? In which... Again, makes me giggle every single and, time. And during the fight, they trash the house. Oh, I know. Breaking all the walls. and uh, When it's all done and they're watching Shark Week and they're giving, you know, props to each other and they're like, I hate you. I still hate you. The way Robert and Nancy come into frame and uh, how angry Robert it is is so funny. First, you will fix the fucking drywall now. <laughs> And then, you know, the boys are like, uh, Dale's like, Dad, why why are you talking to me like this? I'm your son. But I think the best part about it is, you know, you leave me no choice. Yeah. No television for a week. What? And then just the riffing there. Yeah, this is a prison. I'm planet bullshit. And this is also the bit where we find out that they have a month to get jobs. Um. <laughs> She's got a smile that it seems to me Reminds me of childhood memories Where everything was as fresh as a bright blue sky All right, Tommy, you're the oldest. I'm counting on you. Come on. She's got eyes of the bluest skies As if they thought of rain I hate to look into those eyes And see now Vibrato, buddy. All right, all right, Alice, let's go. Flat. It's so flat. I can't even, I don't even know. You don't even look good while you're singing. The worst thing I've ever heard. This is $1,200 a week for voice lessons, and this is what I get? Okay, I'm going to save it with the solo. And I can sing high. Jesus. 
When Brendan's arrogant, classist younger brother Derek, a successful helicopter leasing agent, visits with his family, he openly ridicules Dale and Brendan, and Dale punches him in the face. Brendan is awed that Dale stood up to Derek, while Derek's disconnected wife Alice finds Dale's courage attractive and begins a sexual affair with him. Brendan and Dale bond over their shared tastes and interests, particularly music. Robert, meanwhile, schedules several job interviews for them, but they perform poorly and then are attacked on their way home by school children. Robert and Nancy reveal that with Derek's help, they plan to sell the house, retire, and travel the world on Robert's sailboat. They also sign Brennan and Dale up for therapy and set up bank accounts for them to live off of until they find work. Brennan is attracted to his therapist, Denise, but the attraction is not mutual. Right from the start with the singing in the car, you can get that Derek is a huge prick. I love this scene. This, the family doing the song used to be my ringtone. No. Because, and what sells it for me is, okay, these kids can sing or the little kid can sing and it sounds good or doo-wopping. But as soon as Alice starts and it goes flat and monotone, the reaction of the little kids has me rolling the little girl turns her nose up and just like what the fuck is that it's so good i don't know if you guys noticed that oh yeah that was good what'd you guys think of this bit such an asshole (laughs) yeah he just played the asshole perfectly in this yeah i wanted to know right from the start the dad kind of bonded with him what was was the fact that just the seeing a guy who was a successful son uh Is that why he bonded with him, or why did he bond with Derek? That's how I took it, is that he was impressed with Derek's accomplishments, and compared to his kids, his own son, yeah, uh, it was easy to gravitate toward him. Mm. Um, And you could see that, that he was favoring Derek, as does everyone else in the world, and that's what we're supposed to get out of that. Derek uh, captivates everybody. That's his role, and the irony of it is, He's a fucking dickhead. We mentioned uh, the dinner, but there's a moment right before the dinner that I really enjoyed in the movie. It's where we discover that both boys sleepwalk. And when they went down into the kitchen and just destroyed the kitchen. <laughs> and I just recently kind of noticed this bit, which makes me giggle. When they're, when Nancy and uh, Robert are walking into the kitchen, Robert says, I don't know where you learned it, but I sure am sore. And she's like, there's more where that came from. And so clearly they're talking about the honeymoon, right? But just for them to have that dialogue and then walk into what just, I mean, could you imagine? Well, the thing with the sleepwalking, obviously, I think most of that, they just kind of made up as they went. Uh, and I love, not even the fact that they were destroying things, but you hear kind of some of the stuff coming out of their mouth, the gibberish and all that. <laughs> Aunt Carol. My favorite one is when John C. Riley is running up and down the hallway going, you can't catch me. Yeah, it's just, you can kind of almost uh, visualize what they were dreaming. And I love how uh, they figure out, it's like, how do you know they both were down here? Oh, and he, my, he opens up and... Oh, my purse, it's in the freezer. That's Derek. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look in the oven. What? Look in the oven. Couch cushions. <laughs> and then when uh, Nancy wakes him up, Will Ferrell wakes up with, fuck you, Leonard Numa, I'll kill you. <laughs> or or in John C. Riley's, the clown had no penis. I just like when she looks at uh, Brennan and she's like, what the hell were you dreaming? I know. And then uh, they have dreams mu- you're having. And, and they have mustard all over their face and they're just a mess. 
let's go up to the treehouse. Derek shows up up in the treehouse. The boys are pouting up in the treehouse looking at the magazines. I love that. And the, and you can kind of, there's kind of starting to bond. and Because. And, well, Hustler will do that. Fair enough. But they also have a common enemy. And there's a line during dinner where Dale asks a question during the conversation and then Robert gets all mad or why'd you interrupt? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the little kid says, he looks at uh, Derek and he says, what's this guy's deal? And I can't tell you how many times we'll be walking somewhere or doing something. And Keenan will always say, what's that guy's deal? It's so funny. Just makes me laugh up in the tree house. They're looking at the nudie mags and then Derek comes up. What'd you guys think of this bit? I love how Derek keeps like, you want to hit me? Go ahead and hit me. Go ahead and hit me. Hit me. Bam. And he hits him. Well, he told me to do it. Yeah. So good. And this kind of unites them. But you notice they make, uh, was it Brennan said, Brennan or Dale, one of them said, this, this, I feel like we're becoming friends. Not, not good friends, not best friends, but we're friends. Yeah. A little bit. So you got to set that kind of, that pace, that plateau. Yeah. So they get ready to leave. Mm -hmm. And this is where Alice comes up to Dale. Like, did you really hit him? I'm going to uh, pleasure myself tonight and think of you while I do it. <laughs> and she's just so clean. She's uh, so funny. For some reason, I don't know why, but I just had like, when I was watching that scene, I had a flashback of uh, Pee Wee Herman's big adventure, Pee Wee and Dottie. And like, this is probably what was going through Dottie's head. Every time she was trying to come on to Pee Wee. Oh, maybe. <laughs> okay. I want to stick you up inside of me. Oh, God. Or it's, you know, cozy and warm. And uh, Dale's like, in your vagina? <laughs> so it's at this point. They're starting to bond over the incident of the hit. Brandon show, gets this sword out. Only three people have seen this. Now, where is that sword from? That's from the that's the Highlander sword. Which Highlander sword? The t television series. The television series Highlander Sword. Not that I've ever seen a single episode. Duncan McLeod's sword, not Connor's. Well, there you go. Well, that would make sense because he wouldn't have the actual movie sword. He would have the TV show sword. And that seems more appropriate. Hey, that tracks, right? And who yeah. signed the sword? <laughs> Randy Jackson. Why do you have Randy Jackson's autograph on a martial arts weapon? <laughs> well, it's the only thing I had. You're not not going to get Randy Jackson's autograph. Now we're on to the night goggles, and they're having fun with the night goggles. Well, uh, out of all of these activities, uh, what was your favorite? Mm, I hadn't thought about that. What about you, Guy? Are you just talking about just these activities, the scenes? Yeah, up until they build the bunk beds, because that's where the scene ends. Well, the bunk beds was probably the funniest. Absolutely. But uh, I would think the night vision... When he kind of caught it in the background when Brennan turns the lights on. Yeah. And you see Dale's eye. He's like, he freaks out for a sec. Yeah, that's a good bit. Uh, I, I think I'd probably have to go with how we opened the show. Velociraptors, good housekeeping, John Stamos. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. And then you get the hollow notes, you make my dreams come true bit. And we mm -hmm. get this little montage. I love when they measure themselves <laughs> yes. and they put it next to each other. Same oh, size. And they run out. They place their sword fighting with their pee. And, but the building of the bunk beds. Yeah. Uh, can uh, Dale and I make bunk beds? And the dad's like, I don't fucking care. You have interviews tomorrow. I, you would think that would be more important. And they just don't get it, right? Yeah. They're like, so. <laughs> I, I just like the dad's, con you know, when they're in the bed, it's like, is that power tools? No power tools. <laughs> it's a toothbrush. 
It's not a toothbrush. Does your son know anything about carpentry? (laughs) They get the bunk beds up and, you know, they have so much room for activities. They start singing. This is how they do it. Dale says, hey, I forgot to ask you, do you like guacamole? As he's jumping onto the bed, the bed collapses, which you knew was going to happen. Of course. And then Dale comes running into the parents' bedroom. Oh, has me has me in tears. I so killed funny. Brendan. <laughs> that was such a bad idea. Why did you let us do it? <laughs> Blood's everywhere. Yeah. And then we cut to a scratch. It's off to the job interviews. Well, I love that they asked the father, uh, since they don't have any suits to wear, can they borrow some of his clothes? And what did they pick? Tuxedos. Why wouldn't you? Tuxedos and, with tennis shoes. And they're going to interview as a team. <laughs> Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. Um, so good. So good. Uh, what, what, uh, which one was your favorite interview? I did like the Ken Jong one. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you got to love a good fart joke. Yeah, with Seth Rogen. Yeah, where he's, he's like, you guys seem perfect for this. I really like you guys. <laughs> You, you could hear that. <laughs> I can taste it. Uh, onions and ketchup. Okay. Now the tuxedos seem fucked up. <laughs> uh, mine is with Pam or Pan. Are you saying Pam Pan. or Pan? Pan. Pam. No, Pam. 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 No, just P-A-M. Pam. Not two M's? No. And, and who's this gentleman behind you? Hello, Miss Lady. <laughs> I think I can help with the whole pan pan conversation. And then Will Ferrell immediately goes into shh, shh, just, just, just shut your mouth. Just, just, just shut your mouth. Oh, had me rolling. I like at the end of that one where they go, uh, isn't there like a parting gift or anything? <laughs> Is yeah. there a gift or something? Yeah. So good. That one was probably my favorite. Uh, so needless to say, they don't get any of these jobs and this is where they kind of come up with the idea for prestige worldwide. Uh, that was Keenan's fantasy football name for many years. I love it. Cause they're like, uh, what are you good at? And Dale's like, um, I'm a beat master and a master in marketing. And, uh, Brendan's like, and I'm a really, really good singer. And so they have to walk home, but they are confronted by school playground bullies a dale lot does, of them dale does not want them to go a certain way because he knows those bullies are going to be there so it's not the first time dale has had to deal with them i know and it's i find this part really funny because brendan is like they're little kids what no don't don't be afraid of them we got to do it and and dale is just scared shitless oh okay if you're going to shame me into doing it i'll do it now i know they don't say anything but is this foreshadowing for what we get later? Um, no, I think this would be like a setup. No, I think this is a. Uh, it comes full circle. Comes full circle. Yeah. So you know they get beat down here, and Brendan has to lick dog shit, which I think is so funny. But at the end, they go back for revenge. Did you ever watch the show? Uh, I think it's called "It's Always Sunny" in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. You ever watch that show? I love that show. They have a scene in one of the episodes where they beat the hell out of some little kids. Yeah. Uh, It reminded me of the scene in this movie, which I think I would have to label as my favorite scene of the entire movie. Which one? The one where the the brothers get their ass kicked or where the kids get their ass kicked? Where the kids get their ass kicked. All right, we'll come back to that. So they get home. And uh, John C. Riley's like, remember that part, The Wizard of Oz? And, and he's just breaking down. And poor Nancy has to listen to it. And 
She says, well, maybe next time you go the other way. <laughs> and so uh, Robert comes home and he's not happy. This is where they tell him. Derek is going to put the house on the market. And they have to leave. And they will support them. They will give them some therapy, but they have to support themselves eventually. That's right. And he's, uh, Robert says, we do this because we love you. And Dale's like, Dad, I'm saying this because I love you. Fuck you. <laughs> and then uh, Brendan, I got a belly full of white dog crap, and now I got to come home and deal with this? <laughs> this is so good. I like Brendan when he goes to his therapist. And just immediately like assumes they're dating. Oh, Dr. Angel face. Yeah. So good. And, but when uh, Dale goes to his therapist, uh, he gives him the plot to Goodwill Hunting. Brennan does sing for Dale, though. The voice of Jesus and Fergie? Yeah. I love when he looks at him and goes, Brennan, I can't even make eye contact with you right now. And Will Ferrell singing, uh, uh, give him something to talk about. The next little bit is also enjoyable. How the boys are sabotaging the house showing that Derek is bringing people around. Out of all of those, what was your favorite? Has to be the Nazi and the Ku Klux Klan. What's up, fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> if you got, yeah. if you need fertilizer, I got plenty of it. Eighty Fo- pounds, followed by the corpse and the the blue corpse in the house. <laughs> Can you just give us a moment? It happened last night, and even Derek's like, eh, not bad. Uh, the two, the people that are buying the house, Phil Lamar and that other lady, mm-hmm. she was in Superbad, and she has the exact same line. I can't be here right now. So if you ever watch Superbad, that's, that's a little shout out. People are talking, talking about people. I just ignore them, but they keep us saying we laugh just a little too loud. We stand just a little too close. We stare just a little too long. Maybe they're seeing something we don't, darling. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. How about love, 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 at Derek's birthday party, Dale and Brennan present a pitch video for their entertainment company, Prestige Worldwide, that makes a music video, Boats and Hoes, which they filmed on Robert's boat without his knowledge. The presentation backfires when the video shows the boat crashing, shattering Robert and Nancy's sailing dreams and straining their marriage. On Christmas, Robert and Nancy announce that they are getting divorced, upsetting Brennan and Dale, who blame each other. Brennan and Dale go their separate ways, live independently, and gradually become functioning adults. This bit's hilarious. The birthday party. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they get up, and we've met Derek's co-workers and, and Rob Riggle. I mean, they, that they're dude, all the high school friends. They're so funny. And so they're at dinner, and Dale and Brennan pitch Prestige World. Why did everybody? And they play the music video. What did you guys think of the music video? Stupidly fun. It reminded me of uh, those Saturday Night Live raps. Oh, sure. Uh, what's that group's name? Lonely Island Boys? Lonely Island Boys. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of them. Uh, did you know that for a, ta- for a time they were working on a Step Brothers rap album? That doesn't surprise me. 
I, mean, it, I guess it fell through, but they were going to release a separate rap album. It's not so much the rap. It's funny and the beat. It's catchy. But I think for me, it's kind of the reactions of everybody else around the table. The video comes on. Everyone's kind of getting into it. And then Dale says, hey, dad, you're going to want to play close attention. And then Robert's freaking out. Is that my boat? And both Dale and Brennan are like, shut up. Not during the presentation. Uh, and then when it crashes. And the fact that Brennan and Dale didn't think much of it. Like they were, they said, well, we'll fix it. Yeah, not at all. They didn't give two shits about it. But Richard Jenkins' reaction makes me laugh every single time because it's so genuine. It, it really feels like he actually saw that for the first time. Was this also the birthday party? Was this where we had the first sex scene with Dale and what's her name? Alice. Alice. In the restroom. Stay golden, pony boy. I just love how, like he said, it's so slippery. Yeah, so funny. And then she pees at the urinal. <laughs> Doesn't he say something like, I think I love you? Or he what says, he I love you. Or you're great or something like that. The drive home is very uncomfortable. Because Nancy and Robert, they start fighting. Yeah. And I like how Nancy is, uh, what you guys did to Robert's boat is just horrific. But that being said, <laughs> it's nice to see you taking initiative. And Richard just loses it. It ends with a spanking. Did you notice that when he's uh, getting Will Ferrell ready to spank him, he turns to John C. Riley and says, quiet, you're next, mister. And John C. Riley snaps to attention and is like, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we get a circle dissolve, and we are now at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve? Possibly. Did you see the divorce coming? Oh yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he can't, he can't let it go. Mm. He can't forgive him. And I mean, come on, that was their dream, the dream, well, the boat, the dream. I think, come I on, think it was his dream. She was kind of going along with because that's what he accuses her of. That you were never really into the dream. You admit it, and she's like, "I will not admit that." But you're right. I mean, she has Brendan and Dale's interests above her own, and going on the boat was kind of like secondary to her. I, I would agree with you on that. Absolutely. I would say that both the parents are enablers, but more than anything, she really enables them because yeah. she kind of supports them. Yeah. Well, yes, uh, but you're right. They both are. That's how they've gotten to be 40 and still getting away with what they're getting away with. We have our another sleepwalking scene right? Yep. with the president presence being thrown. And Robert's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to wake him up. And Nancy's like, why would you do that? Right before this, Dale says, can we open a present each? And Robert's sitting on the couch with a glass of scotch and a cookie. And he looks up and says, I'm going to go down to the Cheesecake Factory and get a drink. <laughs> He's already got a drink and cookie. Well, I love when he comes back from the Cheesecake Factory and he says to his wife, I think that's the happiest I've been in six months or something like that. Yeah, because he walks in and she says, you smell of cheesecake and scotch. <laughs> Christmas dinner. And this is a good time to announce that there's a divorce. Again, the over-the-topness of this, it's so over-the-top. For me, it's just hilarious. Uh, the reactions to all of this and even the side characters. Well, I love when they say, is this our fault? And doesn't the father say, yes, yes, it is. Oh, stop. It's time for them to grow up. This is 100% your fault. Yeah. 150%. Yes. We have a little moving out montage. And now it's their last night. 
where they're talking in bed. Yeah. Classic. How they're, uh, how they're blaming each other. They blame each other. It turns into a big fight. There's a bit in this where Will Ferrell gets up to go play his drums again. John C. Riley figures it out and he says, motherfucker. So he goes in there and he hits Brendan with a cymbal and he thinks he's dead. As he's dragging the body outside, I love what he keeps repeating to himself. Did you guys catch that? Something to do with CSI or... Just like whole case files. Cold Just case. like whole case files. He starts digging the hole. He digs the hole. Brendan's not dead. Well, I love that upstairs. He's like, you, are you faking it? Are you faking it? And then when he was down, and like, I was faking it the whole time. I, I slowed my, I used ninja focus and slowed my heart rate. He buries him alive. Why, why does he just sit there? I don't know, because Dale is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Amen to that. Did you appreciate how the hand came up out of the ground like a zombie? Yeah, but did you catch what uh, Brendan said after he was done? Oh, I'm exhausted. I'm going to sleep good tonight. <laughs> And Brendan even says, zombie, zombie. And so they fight, fall asleep on each other. And they wake up the next morning and they realize that they're no longer stepbrothers. And I love how uh, John C. Riley says, yeah, you trying to bury me alive pretty much did it. Now we get a montage of them moving on and becoming adults. Yeah, they actually both get jobs. Brennan goes to Derek's office to ask for a job. And this is where we get... Uh, Ken Jong, and he interviews John C. Riley. He goes, "There's, there's a long gap in your work history. It says you've been Kerouac on everyone's ass for the last twenty years." And John C. Riley's response is, "Look, I really need a job, but I won't have sex with old ladies for money and bear traps. Those are my two bugaboos." <laughs> and so, yeah, they get him a job at the catering company. And I like how Derek says to Brennan. Uh, either way, I win. If you work out, you make me money. If you don't work out, I'm right. Right. Yeah. And then uh, the bit with Will Ferrell running out of toilet paper. He puts his ass up to the sink and grabs that bath mat. I love how excited he was when he came out of the store with a whole thing of toilet paper. I remember doing that when I moved up for the very first time. Buying a toilet paper. And for me, it was a shower curtain. Ooh. I moved in with my buddy and... Oops, we forgot shower curtains. You had one of those? I did. A shower curtain or oh, a buddy? I think the shower curtain's more uh, important. Okay. Yeah, well. We also get to meet uh, Brennan's therapist, and I liked how he wants to know how to be a grown-up. He just starts throwing all these questions at her. My favorite one is, what if there's inclement weather? What am I supposed to wear? <laughs> Do I carry around my high school diploma with me? There's a little montage where we are getting a little bit of them having their life on their own. I like when uh, John C. Riley's doing his taxes or whatever, and he's wearing his Chewbacca mask. And he, oh yeah, it's very symbolic because he takes it off, looks at it, and puts it away. You know, and then when we go back to John C. Riley, he's laying in bed, takes off his glasses, puts his book down, and it's eight forty-five. <laughs> Did you see what book he was reading? Something by Montel Jordan. Montel Jordan, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because he was singing This Is How We Do It when he jumped and collapsed the bunk beds. Brennan gets a job at Derek's helicopter leasing firm and volunteers to oversee a prestigious event the Catalina Wine Mixer. He hires the catering company that employs Dale and invites Robert and Nancy to attend. 
The party goes well until the lead singer of the hired Billy Joel cover band loses his temper with a heckler and is hustled away. Derek blames Brendan for the fiasco and fires him. Robert encourages Brendan and Dale to be their eccentric child at heart selves again and perform to save the party. The pair take the stage and Brendan sings Porti Valare, which Dale accompanies him on drums. Derek is so moved by Brendan's performance that he and Brendan make amends and Dale breaks off his relationship with Alice to her dismay. Six months later, Robert and Nancy are back living together in their old house while Brendan and Dale have turned Prestige Worldwide into a successful entertainment company that owns various karaoke bars and clubs. Robert has turned his boat into a treehouse and the therapist Denise confesses her attraction for Brendan. During the end credits, Dale and Brendan exact their revenge on the school children who previously beat them up. Roll credits. So we're at a bit in the movie where they have to be adults and we got to move the story forward. So Brendan goes to Derek and says, I want a shot at the Catalina wine mixer. And, and I love how they work in everybody saying fucking Catalina wine mixer. It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. But we get everybody saying that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he walks in there and, you know, I like what Will Ferrell says. I've been, uh, I've been snapping necks and cashing checks. I want to make bank bro <laughs> so they do they give him the catalino wine mixer partly to see him fail yeah well like you said is a win-win for him robert and nancy they happen into each other at the event which i guess uh brendan had planned ahead to get everybody there yeah this was brendan's attempt to you know get everybody back together and this is the third act of the film and I love this fucking scene. Everything from the Billy Joel cover band to them having to save the day. The, so funny. The cover band, that was Horatio Sands from Saturday Night Live, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I, the heckler, uh, you know, wanting to... man! Wanting to die. What did I just say, sir? <laughs> this is so funny. Well, I love how the fact that they only do like one decade of yeah, Billy Joel. The worst Billy Joel ever. Do you like Billy Joel doo-wop? Uh, no. Do you like Billy Joel? Yeah. Okay. What about you? Are you an Uptown Girl fan? Yeah, I went to that concert during that time. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do wop Billy Joel. <laughs> I do like Piano Man, though. I probably would have been one of those people yelling out Piano Man. And so, you know, naturally, everything goes to shit, and Derek, Derek comes over and fucking fired. Yep. Well, first of all, did you catch where they filmed this Catalina wine mixer? At Catalina? No. They, the director went out and scouted out Catalina Island and didn't like anything he saw. So he filmed it in California, and in the background of the scenes of this, you can see Catalina Island. Oh, I would have never known he that, but that's that, funny. He did that on purpose. He left it on purpose. Some people thought it was an accident. He left it on purpose because he thought it was funny that it was supposed to be at Cat, you know, on the Catalina Island with Catalina Island in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have never known that, but yeah, yeah that's cool. That's cool. And so um, I don't get Robert's turnaround here. Is it just because he missed everybody or he started to get sentimental? Why all of a sudden does he want the the boy children back, the immature children back? Because he didn't like the way they were, but the way they were was their true selves. And he tell and he explains it with his story about the dinosaur, mm-hmm. about him wanting to be a T-Rex. And just their reaction to that story is hilarious. Well, and we also get to see how stiff Brennan is when he is shaking hands, even with mom. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. He he's he's very stiff. He he's forcing it to be an adult. But Robert's telling him this story about the dinosaur. I don't know if you notice this or not, but Richard Jenkins goes through and does all the motions. And I love how he starts doing the little arms. Yeah, and uh, Dale's like, "How is that even a skill, Dad? That's not even you can never be a dinosaur." <laughs> so who's the crazy one now? Anyways, they uh, go up on stage. And uh, Dale goes first and he right. starts playing the drum and everyone right. starts heckling him and the mangina joke starts to come back and Brendan has to go up and save Fable. him and he does. And he does this performance. What did you guys think of this whole performance? Well, I loved not only while they were, he was singing, uh, which was his Will Ferrell's actual singing voice, uh, the visions that were going through everybody's heads, like all of a sudden that one song was fixing everything. And my, of, of them, do you have a favorite of like people's reactions? I, I do. And mine is, uh, when Will Ferrell kicks open the door, I have traveled miles and miles to give you my seed. And she's like, yeah, she's like lumberjack. (laughs) Did you have a favorite one of that? Um, not really, but I, you know, I, I certainly laugh at, at that lumberjack moment because, you know, just one hand, and then there she is, you know, in the hot little outfit. Yeah. Well, I love how pumped up Will Ferrell looked, too. Did you catch that? He was, like, wearing some kind of muscle suit or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess second to that was, I don't know, somehow, like, the scene of Derek melting. Like, the he was all of a sudden remembering flying a kite with his brother. You're the best big brother ever. Yeah. You played that. You did it, Derek. Yeah, you, you, uh, he played that really well. During the performance, too, you kind of just uh, alluded to when you're reading the plot, was I love how he's singing this, uh, I think, Italian kind of opera-type song, and every so often, Dale has to throw in boats and hose. And then after it, the song is over with, then you have like five people saying, the fucking Catalina wine mixer. The fucking Catalina wine mixer. It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. I like when uh, uh, Dale starts doing his drum solo and his dad's all, rock the fuck out of those drums, Dale. And he actually turns to the guest is like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so afterwards, Brendan and Derek make up. What'd you think of the awkward hug since <sighs> they've never done it before? So good. I think it's Brendan is hitting Derek in the stomach. Or... I almost feel like anytime I picture you hugging Keenan, I don't know. Is, oh, like that's it. what you get? That's what yeah. you foresee? That's funny. And then Dale breaks it off with Alice. Which I thought was also pretty funny. I love how he runs away. Yeah, I mean that that shit's crazy. You got to run from crazy. And Den- and Denise, the therapist, she shows up also. Yeah, because uh, he, did he say he was going to kill himself? Or he something? was going to throw himself out of a helicopter so, into shark infested waters. Yeah, so I'm legally obligated to be yeah. here. And he she uh, says, you know, you guys are enablers, and his mom's like, and you are a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a cue card six months later. And Derek is being Derek, but he gets put in his place and he's learning to be humble and Christmas dinner seems to be going well. And they talk about karaoke and roll, their new venture. But what is, their, what is their difference between theirs and everybody else's karaoke? If you can't sing, don't even sign up. And then uh, Robert has a surprise for him and we see the gilded lady lives and he built him a tree house and where they get hustlers. Pirate hats, crossbows, and Chewbacca masks. I like how uh, Will Ferrell says, it's okay that mine's not movie quality. (laughs) 
I kept thinking, why did he destroy the boat like that? Was that just to make a sign to his wife, like a, that he was putting the kids first? No, he did it for the kids. He turned it into a treehouse. I know, but I'm thinking, was he basically sick? Because originally she was upset that he was putting the boat before the family. So I thought maybe he was doing it to show that now he's putting family before the boat. Brennan, Brennan got with the therapist at the end, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very much funny. implied. Yeah, I thought that was just but funny. Brennan can sure wear the fuck out of that pirate hat. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you get a little bit of credits, but we have to get an after after credit. And this is something I brought up earlier. Yeah. Uh, you said this is your favorite scene in the I, movie? I think of all the scenes, and I was curious what your guys' favorite scene is, but of all the scenes in this movie, this is my favorite one where they're just going around the playground kicking the crap out of all the kids. I love this scene. What did you think? I thought it was a fun scene. Yeah. Uh, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but I'm going to kick you repeatedly in the balls, Gerdaki. So good. Did you have a favorite scene of this movie? Fuck, dude. I don't know. Professor, you got one? Yes, definitely. When Brennan and Derek hug at the end of the movie. <laughs> you like that, huh? That's my favorite scene. I might like when they uh, start to become friends. I'd say if I had to pick a second, close second, is the uh, digging the hole scene and burying <sighs> Dale. Yeah. Why are you burying me? I'm still alive. <laughs> That's good. We want to welcome you to a new segment we like to call... The premise is simple. One of us will spin the wheel and whatever category comes up, the three guys will apply it to the movie we are reviewing. Once we have all presented our pitch, we will vote on the best one. The winner gets bragging rights for the week, while the losers must call the winner the wheel master. Hey, Don. What are the categories on that wheel? All right. I'm glad you asked. Our wheel now consists of these 10 categories. We have plot, mashup, fuck it, genre, spin again, pick any, add any character, reboot, genre again, and rename. So if I'm understanding this correctly, we're going to take the movie we are currently reviewing spin the wheel and whatever comes up we have to kind of recreate the movie or do something to that movie yes that is correct uh, depending on what category comes up from the wheel comic book guide this was your pick i believe you may have the first spin And the category that has popped up is add any character from any movie to Step Brothers and does it make it better? So the goal is try to come up with a character that does make it a even a better movie. I would think so. Okay. But, you know, you can decide how you want to decide. So okay. take do you a want, second. It, since I spun it, do you want me to go first? Uh, sure. Do you have one already? I have one already. Hit me. Okay. So we have, you know, Step Brothers with Dale and Brennan. Well, it turns out one of them, we don't know which, is the, is basically going to be a prophet and save the world from an artificial intelligence that starts to take over one Skynet. So we have Arnold Schwarzenegger as Terminator comes back in time to kill Dale and, and Brennan because he doesn't know which one of them it's going to be. So you're bringing in Arnold the Terminator. The Terminator comes in and joins Step Brothers. So we have, Termin- or we have Step Brothers 
Genesis. That's not bad. That's not bad. You got anything? No. All right. I am going to go. If I could add any character to Step Brothers, I'm going to go ahead and put Rocky in Step Brothers because the Step Brothers are into fitness and they meet Rocky and they become his trainers and nothing but success. Is there any slapstick, you know? Oh, I think there has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can so. I can imagine them eating the the or chasing the chickens and eating the raw eggs. Oh my god, that would and be throwing hilarious. up. Yeah. Can you imagine Brendan and Dale chasing the chicken? Well, They're, I could see them chasing. It won't slow down. I can see like one of them, you know, not even getting close and the other one falling over and squashing the chicken. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then the next I scene you see them too. eating chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Professor if you had to pick adding Rocky to Step Brothers or Terminator to Step Brothers, which one would you choose? Rocky. Well, you are the wheelmaster this week. I am the wheelmaster, and I get bragging rights for a whole week. Face the wheel. All right, what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this flick? I'm ready to rate this flick. John, are you ready to rate this flick? You Bet that luscious V of hair going through your chest pubes down to your ball fro, I am. Hey, Professor, how do we rate our movies? We do our ratings on a scale of one to five fucks. Five fucks is a movie that we think is cinematic gold. A one fuck movie is a movie where you watched it and you know you're never going to watch it again. And what's a zero? A zero fuck movie is a movie you get done watching it and you're thinking, oh, for shit's sake, what the hell? Why did you make me watch? I want one hour and 38 minutes of my life back. Or in other words, we just don't give a fuck. My movie, you want me to go first? That's typically the rule, right? Yeah. Well, you're batting 100% so far. Do you want to try to guess what my rating is going to be this week? Can I say no? And You can say no and keep your 100%. I'm batting 1,000. That's that's, well, the, you're that's the term. Yeah. I I know I know I know semantics right. Uh, okay, we'll I will go give, for a throw. I, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Uh, I believe you were going to be giving Step Brothers three point seven five fucks. Three point seven five. Yep. Is that your final answer? Yes, that's my final answer. Okay. In doing my research for this movie, I found two statements that I feel describe the movie perfectly: ridiculously funny. And gleefully immature. This is a movie where you shouldn't set your expectations too high on the story elements. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley do a great job in this movie. Both are very entertaining and come across as 13-year-olds in 40-year-old bodies. Unfortunately, at times, this movie feels like it was written for 13-year-olds with the way the storyline is laid out and the way that the other characters are portrayed. With that being said... I really enjoy watching Step Brothers once in a while. It's not a movie I can watch all the time without ruining its charm. The duo of Farrell and Riley work so well together in yet another movie. So if you're into slapstick humor and an occasional immature gag, Step Brothers is a very enjoyable movie. But if you want the type of intellectual highbrow humor, you're going to want to skip this one. For that, I am giving Step Brothers 3.5. Fucks. Oh, I fucking was off by this much. Yeah. All right. 3.5 fucks from the comic book guy. You or me there, Professor? I'll go next. All right. Why don't you go, bud? Step Brothers. I think that it is a classic Will Ferrell-driven movie, and 
the uh, man-child that he plays in this is similar to what I have seen through numerous uh, Saturday Night Live skits of him throughout the years. And he certainly uh, is a uh, wonderful character in this movie. Elf is, like I said earlier, my favorite one, where once again he plays another man-child. But I think that this one, it is a fun watch. It's entertaining. John C. Riley and Will Ferrell clearly have good chemistry together, and they play off of each other well. The, uh, the banter that they have uh, once they become bonded and close to each other it is a really entertaining watch. And how they have such enthusiasm and such a childlike wonder for somebody that should have outgrown this 25 years ago is very amusing. Absolutely. In the end, the movie has a lot of fun needle drops in it. And I think that the needle drops helps... Uh, carry the mood and the ambiance of the movie along to not necessarily take it so seriously. And the the movie has uh, the supporting cast of Mary Steenburgen and Richard Jenkins playing their parents, I think, uh, very well. It is a lighthearted, fun movie to watch. And for me, I'm thinking that this movie is something that I would probably watch again. I don't know when. I, I don't know if I'd ever dial it up myself, but if somebody else wants to, I would certainly do it. I think this movie, it, for me, is going to be three fucks. Wow. I got to be honest. That's higher than I thought you were going to give it. I'm impressed. Three fucks. Excellent. So 3.5 fucks from you and three fucks from you. I guess it's my turn. You go next. Thanks, buddy. Step Brothers. I think that this cast is on point. I think it is perfectly cast. I would not change anything about it. I think this movie is very well paced at an hour and 37 minutes. I feel like we keep moving. It doesn't slow down. It's fundamentally sound, the way it's shot, your angles. There is a shot when Robert uh, sees Nancy for the first time. We zoom in. On Nancy, and then the camera spins around, and we see Dr. Doback, and then we push in on Dr. Doback. It's seamless and very subtle, but very effective. And I think that there are times in this movie that Adam McKay is making a real movie. And just because you have these man child characters, I don't think it takes away from the way the movie is made. Clearly, the story is revolving around these two. And if Will Ferrell and John C. Riley can't sell that, then this movie does not work. But fortunately for us, or fortunately for me, uh, I couldn't see any two other people playing these roles. Uh, I think they were born to play it. I think this movie is cinematic gold. I am giving Step Brothers five fucks. Okay, I was not expecting that. I think it is in talks of one of the funniest movies of all time. And if Keenan was here, what uh, score would he give it? Six fucks. So He never was a rule follower. No. Not Keenan? No. I would have been curious to hear what Keenan had to say about the movie. Um, Too bad he wasn't here for it. Yeah, thanks, bud. Thanks, Keenan. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks for not showing up. Yeah, thanks, Keenan. Yeah, w- way to drain the happiness from the episode. With three and a half fucks from the comic book guy... 
three fucks from the professor, and cinematic gold from yours truly, that gives Step Brothers an average of 3.8 fucks, which now puts it into the 14th spot, tied with True Lies, Silver Linings Playbook, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Rambo First Blood Part 2, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Die Hard 2, Die Harder. It is slightly better than Cabin in the Woods, Fallen, Hell or High Water, and The Muppet Movie, and slightly worse than The Suicide Squad, Moonrise Kingdom, and The Descent. Where is Talladega Nights on our list? It's lower. So this got a higher rating overall yes. than Talladega Nights? Yes. Uh, well, Talladega Nights is in the 16th spot with an average of 3.7 fucks, so Oof. only by a point. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. If you would like to know which movie we're going to be reviewing next, please check out our website. Speaking of which, John, where can they find us? You can find us at our website, threeguysinaflick.com, where we would post all of our podcasts, show notes, and we have a web form on there that you can go ahead and submit you know, the movie you would like us to review next, as well as submit ideas for our show. We'd love to hear them. You can also find us at any place that hosts podcasts. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, anywhere, please go ahead and give us a like. And maybe if you can, leave some comments about this current podcast. We'd love to know what you think. You can also find us at all of social media. All right. I want to send a special thank you to Keenan for throwing this into the Bronco helmet. I know you don't agree with these two guys, but welcome to my world. I also want to thank anybody who listens and who has suggested a movie. If you keep listening, we'll keep recording. For Three Guys in a Flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. I'm actually kind of grumpy about that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. It's too raunchy. But it's funny. That's the point. And you're so wholesome. That's what makes it even more funny to me and a lot of people I talk to. So, but I get it. You you pick and choose your battles, and that's what makes you you. And I love that too. Well, right there at that moment, all I could see was that moment where Tom Arnold in True Lies slaps the cell phone shut. I'm going to help. <laughs> that's right where i was at yeah and that's why i didn't oh but that was such a good one what was it starfist coming to you from the fucking cattle wino cattle volier volier volare volare horatio what's his name sanchez sanchez, sanchez from saturday night live horatio sands or Horatio Sands from Saturday Night Live. Sands. The fucking Catalina winemaker. Mixer. Do you have a porn name? Maybe. Uh, what about you? Do you have one? I have three that I'm kicking around, but right. I wanted to see if you what yours was. All right, hang on, hang on. Step Brothers. Uh, Should we go to the pro? Oh, yeah. What about you there, big guy? What do you got? Nothing. <sighs> He's going to say that. He's going to wait till you stop recording. I know. Just like he did last week. Some bitch. Um, how about Squirt Brothers? That's not bad. Thank you. 
Thank you. I, had, I don't know how the brothers are squirting, but yeah, you know. I had uh, stepbrothers in heat. Yeah. I had horny stepbrothers. Yeah. And I had stepbrothers with stepsisters. <laughs> That's one I think I'd watch. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose. Step boners? Ooh, there you go. Yeah, not bad. All right, may all of your uh, days and nights be filled with happiness. All right, fuck off. Good night.